From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more Corner Pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunter Vandy and Corey Clark. Come on, shake your body, baby, do the conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Come on, shake your body, baby, do the conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, injury news. Always tough to come by, but we think we got some good insight into what Florida State's going to look like out wide for this Miami game. Speaking of the Canes, some first thoughts on this matchup. And after being lost in the wilderness for the better part of 20 years, Michigan. Should Florida State fans have empathy for the Wolverine fans right now? Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com, the website. 2475 Appalachian Parkway. Put that in your phone. Save it in the GPS. If you're an out-of-town or coming to town for the Miami game, 5 o'clock happy hour. Jeff Cameron, Corey Clark live in the flesh. Tom Ling will probably be there. I might even be there, too. Shaking hands. Giveaways? Ticket giveaways? Close to score giveaways? Uh, yeah, not, not we're not going to give away tickets, though. We'll okay. give away uh, gift cards mm. to uh, Corner Pocket. Yeah. Okay, so Tickets do, are too hard to come by. Sorry, gang. Yeah, you guys are t- eating everything up. I wonder how the tickets are looking around for Charlotte. Look at the, air, look at the hotels real uh, briefly. Pretty expensive out there. I think we'll probably mm. have to go the Airbnb route again with all the War Chant crew in town. Uh, but don't forget, today is Tuesday, so the lunch special runs all day long. So it's not really a lunch special. It's like an all-day special. Tacos, Taco Tuesday, hard shell or soft shell, beef or chicken. Get you some, $8.99 all day at the Corner Pocket Bar. And then trivia at 7 o'clock. No RSVP yet from Corey on whether or not he'll be there. But show up. Maybe you'll be delightfully surprised. Or maybe you'll be delightfully not delightfully, but you'll be devastated if you don't see right. him and you're expecting to see him there. So, part of life, though, everybody. You got to take chances. You got to risk it. Yeah. See how well it goes. Right. Warchant.com. It's the big game special, Corey. 50% off an annual membership. I think we're probably running it until the end of the thrashing that Miami will receive. Mm. So, I don't know if we're going to do like a Black Friday, Christmas thing, but why risk it? Why chance it? 50% off for an entire year if you're a first time subscriber. Come on, come home. Come do this thing. If you're willing to pay money to look at content, to read content that gives you the most insight into your favorite team, I think it's money well spent. 50% off. Do it. Thumbs up, five-star rating and review. We've heard from you, Corey, but we haven't heard how you are. How are you? I am great, Aslan. Thank you for asking. That means a lot. All right. On Tuesdays, we talk about what the other guys were talking about. I will say this real quick. Mm. Uh, I think people might be able to relate. So five days ago, all of a sudden, my cell service stops working on my uh, iPhone. Just stops. Uh, Go through all. I I, I contact Apple Care. They tell me to download, you know, to read. I got to install the latest update. Well, my phone freezes when I try to do that for two days, essentially. I can receive texts on wireless, but my cell service is just done. And then... For five days, I don't have it. I can only text when I'm on wireless. I can only look at Twitter or anything else when I'm use my phone when I'm connected to wireless. But cell, nothing. Downloaded the finally got the latest update installed. Didn't help. So then I go to the store on uh, on Monday. Go to the uh, the my carrier store, and they're like, Yeah, weirdly, um, as soon as Apple came out with these new 15s, a lot of people have been having uh, SIM card issues and are having to upgrade. And I'm just like, how? Why? Why do we allow this to happen in our country? We know what they're doing, and to make it even better, the my new phone that I got, which is the exact same size as the phone I had. The 15 is the same size as the 12. The little port is different, so I had to buy new chargers too. Oh no, really? Yep, that's what they. That's what they do, man. And we just and I and I'm I say we because I'm part of it. I just allowed it to happen. But it's crazy what uh, what Apple does. Like, let's we got a new product coming out. Let's just screw with people's service for a little while. Oh yeah, and let's make that little port. I don't know, man. Maybe a centimeter and a half bigger, so it just won't fit, and they have to get uh, brand new uh, apparatuses to operate their phones. But I'm oh. fine. I'm still in a good mood, though. Oh, if I'm not mistaken, though, it might be a, a win for mankind. I th- I think it's no longer the Lightning port. It's now I think just USB C. Correct, it is. Which is good. I mean, I think Europe was like, listen, no more all these different chargers for all these different phones. Universal charging, USB-C. 
So maybe we we took after that, but okay. I'm, so I'm now sorry. we're done with it. That's yeah. the last one. Yeah. Okay, sorry cool. about that. Right. I'm sorry you had to deal with that, though. Corey, I'm insincere, right. but yeah. Overall, though, that's good for most people that have that kind of core around their house. But okay, uh, all right. Well, unbelievable, good. unbelievable, Tim Cook. This is why yeah. Auburn doesn't win anything because of you and the evilness. Is he from Auburn? Yeah, he did his. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you're telling me the guy that runs Apple went to Auburn. I'm telling you that. I said that's the upset of the century. <laughs> I do. I no chance. I thought I. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, all roads lead back to Alabama or something like that. Right. That's true. All roads lead back to Wake Up Board Chain. Thanks for being here, everybody. He's Corey Maslon. Let's talk about talking season, at least on Mondays. Um, I guess the, the headline of this, shout out to Corey Clark for navigating a, a treacherous path when speaking to your favorite head football coach, everybody. He doesn't like talking about injuries. His jaw clenches up like he's reliving some passhood trauma when he's asked specifically about injuries. But Corey found a nice roundabout way to, to make him smile and laugh when talking about injuries. Um, receivers should be in better shape, which take that as you will. I would assume we're going to be seeing full strength Full capacity floor state. What did you take away from coaches? Uh, fairly innocuous, but yet illuminating comments, Corey. Yeah. First off, Tim Cook graduated from Auburn in 1982. So he was at school at the same time as uh, Bo Jackson. Ah. So that's, that's interesting for greatness. a couple of years there. And then uh, went to Duke after that. So got mm-hmm. his master's from Duke. So good for him. I, I shouldn't judge. I, I ju- it's surprising as all, folks. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not casting dispersions on uh, – on Auburn's education or the education system of the SEC, I just was surprised. I thought he would have been an Ivy League kid or like Stanford, not uh, Auburn. But anyway, um, yeah, so what I thought was interesting uh, on Monday talking to them is, yeah, because, look, man, number one, we won't know until we get out there for practice today and then Wednesday. We'll be able to see what the receivers look like, the position looks like. So even when we ask these questions, it's like, okay, yeah, he can say one thing, but we'll know the truth in a day or two. We'll see who's practicing, who isn't, who looks full speed, who doesn't. But I wanted to go, I I wanted to ask it, and I asked it in two different ways, but like, I really thought it was funny when he, the smile he had when I asked him, do you think Pitt would have played the same way like, did it change their philosophy at all when four and fourteen weren't on the field? And he kind of just smiled, like, well, "Yeah, yeah, of course." Um, and they would have gotten, they would have been hurt a lot more um, by it. But basically, I was asking is like, you know, they basically threw for three hundred and sixty yards with two healthy receivers. Van Dravius was three, but then he got knocked out, and he barely counts because he hadn't played any meaningful reps. And my point was. While it's very impressive that y'all did that, that y'all won a game on the road without all these receivers, including the two guys you keep mentioning who are NFL star or NFL draft picks and college football stars, um, it's not ideal to go the rest of the season like this. So what's the deal? You gonna is this what the receiver room is gonna look like, or could you actually have some more bodies this week? And it seemed like, again, it seemed like he he seemed optimistic that the receiver position will have a bit more depth this week than it did last week. I browsed the story. I overheard people talking about it, I think, during the press conference about what was said down south in Coral Gables about the quarterback situation. I guess apparently Mario Cristobal hasn't committed maybe to a starter, but I read a story, and it didn't sound like he's going to bench Tyler Van Dyke. Um, He just said that's something that, you know, is under, you know, uh, evaluation, and it's something he wouldn't talk about really publicly in any event, uh, there's no way he doesn't start if he's healthy, right? I, I I mean, so Ira thought that, man, there's no way they can keep playing him because he's been awful. He's a turnover machine. He's broken. But my thought is, I, if you want any, in my opinion, it's just my opinion. People prove me wrong all the time. If you want any chance of winning this game on Saturday, if you're Miami, you can't start a true freshman that right. uh, has has played four quarters in his life uh, on the road in in Tallahassee with against the number four team in the country. Uh, I just don't think that's a recipe for success. I think you have a better chance hitting a few home runs with Tyler Van Dyke. Like, he still does have that arm. He still does have that kind of gunslinger attitude where he's just going to throw it up for grabs. Well, he's got some dudes that can go make plays. He does have that arm. So he gives you, I think he gives you a puncher's chance that he can hit a couple of knockout blows against your defense because he does have a strong arm. And when he's playing well, he is really good. He, I mean, it just, he hasn't been really good for a while now. And he probably, I feel like 
the way he played through that stretch in 2021, that seems like the anomaly now. Mm. And this is more of who he is, but it is in there. There is some there. It is in there. Um, he has proven that he can play well at times. And I just think he would give you a, I, I personally think it, it's not a white flag, but I, I don't think that because the kid that they would be bringing in, he's not some six foot kid that can run. That would be problematic in the run game. He's a freshman. He had a nice win against Clemson, but they won kind of in spite of him, not because of him. And he just kind of managed the game. And you're not going to be able to beat Florida State, I don't think, by managing the game. Unless Florida State doesn't have any receivers. Then it really it might be a race to 20, especially against that defense. That defense is better than Pitts. So um, if Florida State's out of receivers, then maybe it does make sense to not to, to game manage it with a quarterback that won't make mistakes. But he's a true freshman, so he probably would anyway. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I I would be surprised if if Van Dyke didn't start. But I can tell you, the the Miami fan base seems done with him. They mm-hmm. are done with him. I mean, he was horrible in that game on Saturday, and he wasn't good against Virginia either. He hadn't been good all year, man. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting. I I would just be surprised. You're right, unless he's hurt. And he was wearing like a weird brace on, not a brace, but some sort of sleeve on his left leg. And I don't know if you saw that last sack he had, where no. he just kind of sacked himself. He literally just, he kind of scrambled to the left and just crumpled to the ground and then was slow getting up. Nobody touched him. I was like, all right, well, this might be a health issue, but he just looks, he looks awful. And if he's broken, maybe they don't have a choice but to go to the freshman. I just, I don't think that's a recipe for a win is to go to a true freshman quarterback on the road against this team in this environment. Yeah, you know, Emory Williams is the the true freshman quarterback for Miami Florida State legacy. I think maybe both of his parents actually went to Florida State, but he's so he's played in four games. He played in the Miami game in the in the opener, Bethune Cookman, Temple, and Clemson. So, um, if he were to play again, he would burn a red shirt. But I don't know how significant that really is in this day and age. But Jacuri Brown is the the young man from I think Valdosta, mm. uh, who started he played for, last year, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah, he has not played one single snap according to Pro Football Focus this year. And I'm trying to look at some uh, cursory searching here on, on Twitter. And, you know, the, the Miami fans are saying, you know, free, uh, release Ja'Curry Brown. But Shannon Dawson was asked about maybe seeing him uh, involved, and he said uh, everything is on the table. Okay. So, I mean, but he is that guy that could run around and create maybe some havoc, but he did not appear capable at all of operating an offense traditionally as a, as a passing quarterback. So I don't – it's, I mean, and that was last year, options. obviously yeah. that that was last year when, uh, you know, that, that offense was a bit of a wreck when, when we saw him, it was a, that was a tough, uh, predicament for him to be thrown into, but yeah, the, the options aren't great for Miami at quarterback. Um, so I, the two schools of thought are like, if you can just manage the game, cause Van Dyke actively lost, like he lost the game for him on Saturday. If he'd have just played average and not made horrible mistakes, Miami would have won. Miami's a better team. He almost actively lost the Georgia Tech. Well, I mean, I know they did lose the Georgia Tech game, but I don't pin that on him. I pin that on his coach because they had done enough to win it. But the reason Georgia Tech was in that game was because of Van Dyke. Uh, but then he had nice moments against Carolina. He lit up Texas A&M. We, so the point being, uh, the, the schools of thought there, if you're Cristobal, are we've got to keep this game low scoring. We're not going to score a ton of points. We can't give Florida State points. We've got to make them earn everything because they're good enough without our help. So do we play somebody that maybe is a little less risky, but then the reward they'll pay? I mean, you know, that kid from the Emory Williams kid, he averaged like five yards at completion or attempt uh, against it was Clemson. Gross. Just, it, was it was just gross. a lot. It was, it was like he had 10 completions for like 33 yards. 24 and, of 33 for 151. Yeah, that's crazy. 24 completion again with those with those receivers. And then also like the first half, like he he, he was a little better in the second half. But in the first half, he had, I think he literally had 10 completions for 33 yards. Like, just, they didn't trust him to do anything. And you're not going to beat Florida State like that either. So, it's, you know, and I'm not saying Florida State is unbeatable in this game. Just saying you got to figure out what your poison is going to be, like, if you're crystal ball. Like, uh. and so anyway, I guess we were going to go to uh, us asking Fuller about Van Dyke, right? Sure. Yeah, real oh, quick. Okay, I thought that was the segue you were, you no, were rolling with. No, no, real quick, though. Um, NC State made Tyler Van Dyke look bad, or maybe Tyler Van Dyke made himself look bad. Do you know how much their defensive coordinator makes per season, Tony Gibson? No. $1.3 million American dollars. Yeah, man, he's good. 
I mean, but it's NC State. Yeah, like, that is crazy. That, diversify your portfolio, were, guys. I didn't realize they were paying him that much money, but he's good. He's the reason they win games because that offense is a train yeah. wreck. Yeah. Um, but that defense has been good now for two years. That defense really, if you think about it, it's the only one that's slowed Florida State down in two years. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's the that's the one. And even then, you know, you make another throw maybe and you, you still end up winning that game. Yeah. But yeah, so that no, that guy's good, man. That guy's good and they're attacking and they create turnovers. They're a they're a better defense than Florida State, probably. Um, at least equal footing. So, you know, I, I don't know what you can take. You you just have to think that this is in. I think he leads the ACC in interceptions, Van Dyke. And so we asked Fuller about him, and he's like, look, we know he's been he's been rumored to be a first-round pick each of the last two years. Like, he's he's got talent. He's got incredible arm strength. That still plays. And he says he can move well enough if it doesn't break, if, if things aren't open. But, you know, he was very complimentary of his his physical skills. But then also was truthful about, yeah, he's been struggling to to hold, to not turn the ball over. Yeah, I like how he said something about now, are they telling him to keep taking chances or to protect the ball, but he keeps doing this? I don't know. I don't know whether, whether they're telling him what or not. Um, I like that response. I also liked his response when you asked him about, um, you know, I, I guess you talked about kind of like uh, the, the effort uh, mm. that they're playing with. And, you know, he's like, well, when you don't have Johnny available, you don't have Keon available, whether or not this team has to like take the defense has to take more of the kind of an ownership on there. Let's let's actually play that. Let's celebrate your good question and good response. Oh, Coach great. Ball. Okay. Let's do that. Do you have to talk to the defense? Because your goal all the time is to limit points and to win the game. But when Keon and Johnny aren't playing and you know things might and half the receiving core isn't playing, you know the offense might not be at its peak like it has been. Do you have to talk to the team? Is there something said like, guys, they might have to lean on us today. We have to go win this game for the team today. You know, I mean, I know that's always yeah, your hope. It, I, it's a valid question, and you know, I don't want to be sarcastic in a way of saying, now we're really going to try to play. You know, So I think we all understand what I'm saying there. Um, but there is something you know, about you know, what is it as far as competitive excellence. When your best is needed, you need to rise up. You know, whether that's, you know, it's a 50 to 50 game and you got to go score one more time. Uh, if it's a 3 nothing game and you just got to get one more stop, you know, whatever that is. So, you know, there's training, there's practice, there's the meetings and everything we talk about, but it builds for that competitive excellence, which means in the moment when your best is needed, you're ready to give all for that best. I liked it. I liked it a lot, Corey. Well done. Well done. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Um, Adam's always fun to talk to. Yeah. That said, do you think he told the guys like, man, we might have to, we might have to rise up a little bit more than usual? No, but I, I do think that um, it was understood, right? Like Iris brought up the fact I didn't see it; they didn't show it on the TV, uh, the TV copy that that when Trey Benson had that big run, so many of the defenders went and congratulated the offensive line hmm. uh, for paving the way for because they knew once they got up to twenty four, that was a wrap essentially, and like they very, they very much appreciated that last score. Um, because it, because I think that, that meant, I mean, obviously they all want to win, but they knew it was different, man. They knew it was going to be tougher on the offense. I mean, they went six straight possessions without scoring and that, that just doesn't happen in modern era, Florida state football, six straight drives with no points. Isn't something that they do. So it was completely different and they did have to lean on the defense. And what he goes on to say later is how, you know, it's all, it is all connective and it's all connected. And they really do pull for each other and cheer for each other. And it is about competitive excellence in that. Like, think about Jordan uh, last year against Florida. Like, Jordan, you know, people keep talking about he's not running the ball much this year. Quite frankly, he didn't run the ball much last year either. Mm. You know, he hasn't been 20, 21 Jordan in a while. He'll run inside the 5 or the 10, but he's not running up and down the field and getting 180 yards rushing like the, two, the LSU-Alabama quarterbacks did the other night. So... But in that Florida game, when it had to have, when they had to have it, that's that's what he's talking about with the, with the excellence, with with the mindset of okay, I need to be at my absolute best and I need to go make a play when I absolutely have to go make it. And I feel like that's what he was so proud of the defense for. Is the only way Pitt could win that game is if the defense had a subpar game and gave away multiple scores, big plays, wide open passes. But the fact that they didn't, they created turnovers. They did pick up the offense. Just like the offense in that game against Florida picked up the de- you know picked up the defense and did against Oklahoma too, 
that's what good teams do, man. If one side is a little off, the other side can can uh, you know right the ship and keep things on an even keel. And I feel like that's what the defense did uh, on Saturday. But I don't think I don't. They probably didn't say because he's right. What is that message then? You're not really trying when Johnny and Keon are on offense. Like you're gonna you're gonna try no matter what. But it was understood that that defense had to be at an elite level for a lot of that game because the offense was not going to be. They didn't have the luxury of being like, okay, we can get we can still we can give up 20 points and still win this game easily. That wasn't going to be the case on Saturday, so they only gave up 7. vitaminenergy.com promo code is WARCHANT BOGO WARCHANT B O G O buy one get one free when you're a first-time customer over at vitaminenergy.com. It is energy with benefits. 260 milligrams of all-natural caffeine, powering you through your days, seven hours or more of energy. Tastes great. Packed with vitamins, as we said. The Energy Workout Plus has beta-alanine, 260 milligrams of caffeine, and L-arginine, helping out with your pump. No sugar crash. How? How could they do that? Well, because there's no sugar in it. Well, I bet it tastes terrible. No, it actually tastes quite great, especially that sour apple taste. Try putting it in the fridge before you leave the house. Then pop it with you. Shake it and take it. VitaminEnergy.com. It is the first clinically proven and tested energy shot out there. So shake it and take it. VitaminEnergy.com. Promo code is WarChampBogo. WarChampBOGO. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we move over to Alex Atkins, anything else uh, from Coach Norvell or Coach Fuller? I, I guess, you know, really like the way Coach Norvell talks about the rivalry aspect, Corey. Um, I mean, I think we talked about even, you know, in 2021, going into that my, the Florida game, rather, that season, because there was so much on the line, relatively speaking, about getting into a bowl game, said all the right things and how much emphasis they put on that game. Um you know, it's it, it's good to hear him kind of be able to brag on this team, brag on this program, and this rivalry. Call it what, like one of our nation's best mm-hmm. games. So, uh, always cool when your coach embraces the the stakes in this rivalry week and doesn't try to make it rivalry week rather, and doesn't try to make it seem like ah, eh, just another game faceless opponent. You know. Yeah, no, he definitely doesn't do that. It's smart. Uh, he 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 was the same way last year, uh, but he knows that. I mean, it's the it's the right message because I and I think I said this last year, but I get so tired of these interlopers, these dudes that are not. The, and look, Norvell, he I know he says he grew up a Florida State fan, but not like you guys did. Listen to this show, like he was off building a career. He was off being a coach in Arizona and then in Memphis, and he. He went to school in central Arkansas. So he's not a knoll in the sense that you guys are knolls or like Aslan's a knoll that went to the school. So it doesn't matter. It's not in his blood and it's in his DNA like it is with you guys. But what really angers me is when these coaches come out when they when they well, any big school and they talk about these rivalries as if they're just another game. We don't care about the opponent. Each week's the same next next team up. Uh, it's all about us anyway, because it's not true. And even though he didn't look, grow up with the rivalry like you guys did, he has made a point to appreciate it and to give it the proper respect it deserves. It, he just did, man. It's it's because it is. It is one of the biggest rivalries in the sport. Uh, top 10, I would say for sure. Uh, in the 90s, it was number one. But it was it's one of the biggest rivalries in the sport. And it does matter more. And you can't coach in this rivalry in this game like think about his experience in this rivalry Aslan so the first year he's in he's got COVID and he's in his he's in his bed watching them get humiliated the next year fourth and 14 happens which is maybe until this year the parchment catch that that whole sequence still might be the loudest Doke has been since he's been a coach here Hmm. maybe Florida last year but like he, if he was wondering what it was like, Florida State, Miami, how important it was, 
Well, that that November night, I think it was November of 2021, where he's had he has a team that's just fighting for bowl eligibility. Miami's got a coach they want to fire, and yet think about the energy in that place in that final two minutes, and how the place just exploded. First with Jakai's catch, then Parchment's catch, and then with Travis scores, and then when our referee, our great the great referee says, therefore the game is over. <laughs> it, it, I mean, the place went nuts. So even if he wasn't sure what it was like. That got into his blood and his veins right there, and he lived it. Then he saw it last year in uh, Hard Rock where they beat the uh, tar out of him. And so he knows it's different, man. And you better give it the proper respect it deserves. Don't act like it's another game. Don't act like it's Boston College or Pitt or even LSU. It's bigger than that. And he makes a point, apparently, we're not in these meetings, but it sounds like he talks about them to start every fall camp. He brings up Florida, and he brings up Miami. Maybe Clemson, too. Think so. But definitely Florida and Miami, because Norvell said he did it today, and I think Papuchas said it, too, that Coach Norvell always brings up these two games before the season even starts, which is smart, because these do matter more, and they always will. Hmm. Uh, anything else from Coach or uh, Fuller before we pivot to uh, Alex Atkins? Um, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I, look, man, we all know the real story is like, look, look. I when you look at this game, if if Keon and Johnny are 100% or close to 100%, it seems hard for Florida State to lose this game unless Van Dyke just plays out of his mind or there's some crazy, awful, bad turnover luck. Because Miami, what I thought they, what Norvell talked about and Atkins did too as we get into to the defensive side, Miami is good on defense. They're like a top 20, top 25-ish defense. And they're very good against the run. They have a good defensive line. They also run the ball pretty well. They have an experienced old offensive line. So the line of scrimmage is going to be about even, which I don't think you could say that for any game this year. Maybe save for Clemson. Maybe LSU too, but they haven't played many teams that stack up with them on both sides of the line of scrimmage like Miami does. And Miami does. They're they're good on the line of scrimmage. Um, so, But they talked about how they're very aggressive against the run. They play a lot of one-on-ones. And Norvell, Norvell even said it. He kind of slipped a little bit. He goes, I'm excited about all the one-on-one opportunities we're going to get. Mm. And then he kind of backtracked and started talking about other things. I'm like, oh, that that tickled my eardrum a little. So he see they the way Miami plays defense, they trust their their uh, you know they they trust their DBs to to hang with your receivers and good luck. I mean I know Miami has good safeties, but I, there's no cornerbacks in the country that if Keon and Johnny are healthy can stay with them. If Keon and Johnny aren't healthy and don't play, uh, yeah man, it's going to be a struggle. You saw that last week. Like you just don't have um, the manpower out wide to exploit press coverage like maybe like you do when your NFL dudes are there. So that's to me, that's the story of the week. Unfortunately, probably won't be able to talk about it one way or the other. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I thought it was it. The fact that he brought up one-on-ones, the fact that he brought up and how that kind of excited him. And the fact that uh, he did talk about, he did seem upbeat and encouraged about the wide receiver room. Seems like a good sign, right? that you'll have the guys back you want to have back for this one? Yeah, for sure. Um, I still don't know what happened to Keon, everybody. Like, I'm not holding anything out on you. But we got banged up in the Wake Forest game because I think there was a tweet out there from us that yeah, addressed Yeah, Norvell this. said that afterwards that when he was asked about Keon, he said, yeah, he he got hurt at the end of the Wake game, I, I think is what he said. Um, and he used that word, injured, hurt, something like that. So, And we all know what happened to Johnny. Um, so he's working through that. So, yeah, but, you know, I, I it looked – I mean, the fact that he they made the trip, it's, it's, it's kind of odd that they both made the trip. I guess they were just there to, like, talk to the younger receivers, but all those guys were not playing either. Um, makes you think that it's not like – they shouldn't be gone for multiple weeks, I wouldn't think. But that's just speculation. I have no idea. And if they are gone, the offense gets – like I said yesterday, gets a lot more pedestrian. And Miami would have a – a fighting chance if Keon and John, a, a good chance, honestly, if Keon and Johnny aren't playing. If Keon and Johnny are playing. This is one of the five best offenses in the United States, and Miami will. It'll be tough because it's tough for anybody to stop. It'd be tough for Miami to stop. It's crazy. Like I know it's a little bit of both, but what is it mostly? Like what other team? Like what? What makeup do you have to have to be able to rest guys? Now I don't. 
I think Johnny, that to me isn't like precautionary precautionary. I feel like that's a, a protocol issue. Keon felt very much like we probably can get away without having you. Let's just make sure you're good for Miami. Is this yeah, like who maybe. else can I get mean, away? Again. But I'm saying who else can get away with this other than like Florida State playing this miserable, lousy schedule? Or is it just because Florida State's built well enough, like internally, character wise, that they all can like pick up the slack and, and, and power through it? Because well, it was a lucky, it was a luck of the draw when this game happened, right? Like it, that that you're going to be literally down to two wide receivers on the whole team. You know, you also don't foresee Winston Wright just quitting, so he would have played a ton in that game. Um, and then he's he's not even on the team. Destin Hill, who's hobbling out there, has to play. Um, you don't foresee that happening. But if that had been, say, I, well, I mean, I guess all these. It's been a stretch where you, you feel like they would have won all these games even without Keon and Johnny. Um, but maybe not Duke um, because Johnny made some big catch in that game. Keon had a couple crazy ones. Uh, and the, didn't he have a long punt return in that game against Duke? Wasn't that right? Yeah, I think. Uh, no, that was a Virginia Tech game. I think they. Oh yeah, that's right. It. That's right. Um, but yeah, so it it did help. But you know, if if they would have if they're if they if they would have been out this week, I don't. I guess the point is, you can hold them out when you're a 22 point uh, favorite, probably. But if it's 50 50, you err on the side of caution. But the problem with that is, is man, if you'd have lost that game. And even just Keon being out there as a decoy changes the way Pitt plays. Mm. You know what I mean? For like at least they're, a they're, half of football, yeah. At least yeah. for a half, yeah. Um, but, you know, so I don't know that you screw around with it that much and are like, ah, oh, we can get away with it. It's 50-50. We can win without him. Not when Deuce can't play, Hakeem can't play, uh, Portier's still not close to 100%. Looked worse than he did two weeks ago, honestly, health-wise. Um, you know what I mean? Like, And Johnny can't play. I don't think you just kind of say, oh, well, he can go, but we're going to sit him. I, I think that was like he couldn't go. And uh, you just hope that he can this week because it's the biggest game. Well, it's, it's the next game, uh, Aslan, so it's the biggest game because it's the next game. But it's it's a huge rivalry game. You're 9-0. You're playing for so much. Uh, you want your best players out there, especially when they're All-American candidates. And he's very good. So you would hope, right, you would hope that, Two weeks off, whatever it is, whatever the issue is, having two weeks off will be enough that he looks close to 100% or is 100% for that game. And then you also know, you know, maybe he doesn't even practice much this week. So you give him, essentially, you you give him a lot of days off and just have him ready for Saturday, knowing that he can play Saturday and then he gets another 13 days off. You don't need him against North Alabama. Hmm. So you can play him this weekend, Johnny too, any all these guys for that matter. And then if they're if they're still banged up or a little, you know, they're they're 50-50 or uh you know, it's still day-to-day questionable, however you want to term it, you they can all sit against North Alabama. Yeah. You're not losing that game whether you have Keon Coleman or not. Yeah, it's crazy. Washington's got Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. I mean, I guess Michigan, but you know, they got Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State to close out their slate. But I mean, they could have gotten away with beating Purdue without their guys. Um, but otherwise, like Georgia would need to be need to be at full capacity for this last month, you know. But like, hey, um, you play the schedule that they made for you, though. Yeah. Um, don't apologize for it. Don't apologize for it. Um, anything interesting from uh, Coach Alex Atkins uh, we're discussing here on the show? He you loves know, his quarterback, he, man. He loves that he quarterback. He does, man. And, and I, again, I think that, you know, Jor- uh, Norvell loves him too. And Norvell was asking about him on uh, on Monday too and talked about, you know, he made – Jordan made four or five throws in that game. They're as good a throws as he's ever made in his career. I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about obviously the one to Ja'Kai down the sideline. Well, he had a couple there. Um, made a really good throw to Morlock, the one where he broke free. The play he makes to Destin Hill. Did I bring this up yesterday? I don't recall like the, the rolling out to his left, pausing, juking a guy, and then throwing Destin Hill open for a thirty-yard gain. Like th- we we take that kind of stuff for granted, but that's magic. Oh yeah, it's like, like he could have probably ran for the first time, but he, like he pulls up the brakes and throws like a diagonal I don't think pass. He, but he he could have most quarterbacks, uh, normal quarterbacks, normal Florida State quarterbacks, run out of bounds. They just run out of bounds. You get three or four yards. You live to see another day. He turns what was a bad play where nobody's open initially 
and probably is going to be a two or three yard run if he decides to run into a 30 yard gain that if Destin Hill's healthy is probably a touchdown. And look, it's nice that you have good receivers and guys that are fast like our guys that are good. Destin Hill's going to be good, but that's all Jordan Travis. If you watch that play, there's nothing there. He throws him open and he throws him away from the defense where Destin's running to a whole side of the field that nobody's on. And it's such, he does that so much. He did it against Duke, I think, with the throw to Jaheim Bell that turned into a big play. He's just so good around the line of scrimmage, typically, about throwing guys open, avoiding the rush, and then turning a negative into a big positive and a first down. It's just, it's plays like that that you don't, I I don't even think I mentioned it yesterday. Um, Didn't write about it. But it, it would be the highlight of some quarterback's career, and it's forgotten as soon as the play is over with Jordan Travis. Because he does it so much. Just those plays, man. You just I hope we don't ever not appreciate those kind of plays he makes and just the throws he makes in general. He does, you know, Atkins talked about that too. Like he talked about um I don't know if we talked about this yesterday either, the the Marquise and Douglas touchdown catch that it was a trick play that Marquise has lined up at left tackle. And right, Atkins, right, right. Ira asked Atkins about it because they have it so they had I don't know who the other lineman was that was out wide. But they made it look like Marquise and Douglas was left the left tackle, therefore ineligible. But he was eligible. Um, and, you know, he said he was asked about it. And, he, and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it helps that Marquise and looks like a left tackle. Um, and you ha- you, it's a fastball play, which means they do it quick. So the defense can't really even notice that, can't notice the setup. And then uh, you, you hit him real quick for a touchdown. They might have done it against Oklahoma, too. I think it's the same play they use against Oklahoma for Marquison's catch in that game. But either way, he's – and then Ira's like, yeah, and Jordan's got got to see it quick and get rid of it too. And Atkins like, man, we never worry about that. He, he We always know Jordan's going to see it. Like just because he's always on top of everything. We know he he's looking at the defense. We know he's reading what he's supposed to read. And we know if somebody's going to be wide open like that, our quarterback is going to find him. And what a luxury that is, man. What a luxury that is. And, of course, he's not perfect. He's not going to make every throw right in the numbers. He's not going to make every read correctly. But when they scheme somebody open, for the most part, this quarterback finds them. And he finds them in rhythm, and he finds them where it could be it, it could be a 14-yard gain that goes for 50 because he finds them right when he's supposed to find them. And he distributes the ball so well is another thing Atkins brought up. But, yeah, they love that dude, man, and they, they really do appreciate him. And we'll all appreciate Jordan, depending on what the quarterback situation looks like next year. Um, when maybe the next quarterback isn't seeing it so quickly. It isn't seeing it so well because this guy, he just, he's so good at taking what the defense gives him typically, isn't he? He's so good at it. And he's going to have shots, one-on-one shots down the field with his two guys back, we would assume against Miami. Hopefully not. Yeah. Hopefully not just throwing it up to uh, the third stringers and the walk-ons. I feel like, do you think he'll break the, the, season high in passing yards maybe that'll be part of the over under for this coming week because that's why like back-to-back weeks because he set it against wake and then reset it against Pitt. maybe he's peaking uh, he, he is i don't know man miami's those safeties are pretty good man they're they're and they come up and i think the one thing i'll, I'll be interested in because florida state's so good in the screen game is how is it gonna how do those safeties impact that because a lot of times the people that blow up screenplays or keep screenplays from making being huge gains are really good safeties that turn what looks like an open screen for 30 yards into like an eight yard game. Um, and those guys are, those guys are nasty, man. They're good, good safeties. So I, I'm interested in that. Uh, but yeah, man, who, who knows? Who knows? I, I think they go into this game, not thinking they're going to be able to run the ball early. So mm-hmm. we'll see how uh, maybe they can run on them late, but we'll see if I, I don't, I hope they understand they're probably not going to just be able to exert their will and run all over this defense. Unless Miami quits, which is an always an option and has been for two decades now. They very well could lay down. You know, they just lost again. They know their their quarterback is struggling. That defense might be like, why are we playing this hard when our offense can't do it? Like, there might be some quit in them if you get up on them early. Yeah, they, they still had a shot to go to Charlotte last week, but losing that game kind of really puts them on the outs because, I mean, they, they do play Louisville, but Louisville only has one conference loss. And I don't know. I don't think they'll quit. But then again, they lost 45 to three last year. So uh, yeah, everything's yeah, they on definitely the table. Quit last year. They definitely quit last year. The defense did. 
especially when they knew their offense couldn't do anything. Like, they just were out there going through the motions, man. Trey Benson's running over the whole team. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I have to imagine they're going to have a lot more fight on Saturday than they did last year. And then John Papuja just talked about how crafty Alex Romano is. That was cool. He's like, man, that's, that's all him. Like, as much credit as I want to take, it's, it's all him. He he had some crazy kicks against Pitt, but apparently he can do this. He can manipulate the ball however he wants. He's a magician. That's because he grew up in Australia, Aslan. Clearly. He's yeah. Australian. They they do things down there with footballs that you wouldn't believe. They're just born with it. It's like Bain was born in the dark. <laughs> These kids are born in, with footballs, just caressing their feet. They know they they since birth they can kick these oblong things in directions that you can't even fathom. Here's the that's thing. why they're 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 invading our country. Are they going to get even better when they start practicing with an American football in their childhood? Because my assumption is that most of them play Australian rules football or rugby for throughout their childhood, but then once they get to like middle school age, secondary school or whatever, um, then they start finding this path of coming to America and getting an education and, and playing American football. Like as good as they are now, like are they they're gonna are they gonna get better or just we're gonna see more of them? They're gonna just totally take over. And everyone's Probably, gonna have it, that. And you wonder like I'm sure that uh, is NFL is it like is it exploding in popularity down there? Do they have like highlight shows that only show punts? <laughs> like thirty minute best punts of the of the week? Or an hour-long show in the – it's all college football and pro football. Like, it is – It's does it dominate the country? Like, what What do they love in Australia? Tennis, right? Swimming's pretty big down there too. Yeah. Yeah, cricket. Mm. Is it becoming like that, just punting, punting the football? Because it is nuts how uh, how they've uh, they've taken over the sport, Aslan. They've well, taken over the sport. Well, yeah, like over in Europe, like in Ireland, which will be there, what, August 26th? Get your tickets. 24th, I think. 24th. Yeah. Seminoles to Ireland.com, everybody. Mm. Uh, like, they get a little bit excited for the field goal kicks. Like, uh, like Mike Norvell might not be that popular out there because he's never going to, he's going to be like, we're just going to go for it all the time. And you're like, well, kick it, please. Yeah, they like yeah, it out kick there. it once for him, Mike. Yeah. Kick it once. Let, let Rodemaker take a break. You don't have to score 60 on Georgia Tech. Just kick it. By the way, Georgia Tech, maybe they're going to be pretty good next year. They're playing well right now, aren't they? I was going to make a joke on Twitter the other day about, if Brent Key is this generation's Dick Vermeil, but I don't think he cried after the game the other night. But seemingly, every time he's maybe every time I see him like winning a game, he's always upsetting somebody, he's like upsetting North Carolina or upsetting Miami. But he's yeah. always like on the verge of tears. Are my guy just where is, emotions yeah. on his sleeve? Um, yeah, place is special, man. Like, <laughs> right. all right, shout out, shout out. Uh, by the way, a day late. We'll, we'll try to do this on Mondays a little bit more to let you know what happened. But Cub Knoll was the winner of the over-under contest, which, again, is only mm. open to subscribers on Warchant.com. But you can subscribe to Warchant.com for 50% off now, everybody. So rush on over. How uh, were my numbers? I don't even remember what the over-unders were. Not great. Not great. Mm. Um, Deuce span kicker turn yards, 50 and a half. Oh, so he had the under? Correct. Okay, good. Uh, Lawrence Toafili touches five and a half. Ooh, what did Toafili end up with? I think he had eight. I think he had like eight oh. carries. Um, Toafili did? Yeah, he had eight attempts for 23 yards and no catches. Eight. So eight, well, not that bad. That was okay, yeah, yeah. That was rude. Um, sacks as a team, that was a really good number. Three and a half. I think they had three. Mm-hmm. I think so. Jordan Travis passing yards, 280 and a half, which uh, was over. A, Bad number. Shoot. What would he have what, thrown for if well, he had his receivers? What, I'm saying that, what, what would your number have been if you knew he wasn't going to have both? I think you knew he wasn't going to have one of them, but I don't think you thought he was not going to have both. So that I, would, I don't lower. know, man. 110. If you'd have told me that the wide receivers would be Ja'Kai Douglas and Darian Williamson, I, I don't know. 80. It would have been. I, I don't know, man. It would have been due span uh, kick return yards in that area. It's incredible they threw for that many yards. Uh, without any wide receivers. And I loved how I read the transcript. I didn't watch it. I'd read the transcript of Narduzzi's post-game press conference where he was inexplicably uh, bitching about the officiating. And I don't think it was brought up once, once, that Florida State was out of wide receivers. Hmm. He, he just kept talking. You know, he talked about it that, uh, you know, Florida State's got all these weapons and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, not really, man. All the weapons were in street clothes. And uh, yeah, anyway, but they about the officiating. 
that Cypress grabbed the kid's face mask, I guess. And he also said... Oh, we would have lost it if that would have happened to us, man. Come on, let's call it both ways. Well, right, but, like, also, don't fumble. Oh, yeah. And and, yeah. and the kid grabbed his face mask, too. Oh, did he? Like the, oh, yeah, got, the kid oh, stiff-armed yeah. him with his left hand and grabbed yeah. his face mask. Cypress grabbed his and then and raked and got the ball out. Um, but he, he said that, you know, the play where the guy... Uh, Got the unsportsmanlike, you know. He said, you know, he, oh, he was right, like, right. well, and that was a late hit out of. We were we were mad about the late hit out of bounds on our quarterback, and it's like, dude, that wasn't a late hit. No, no, it wasn't a late hit, and your guy earned it because as soon as the ref threw the flag, all your coaches turned back to whatever the guy did and were yelling at him, mm-hmm. and his teammates were pushing him away, so they knew he did something to deserve a flag. But anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. Go ahead. What were the what were the other ones? <laughs> Halftime spread 13 and a half. Hmm. Okay. It was three, three and a half would have been a good number. Yeah, man, but that's not how betting works. I, know, I think that's a I solid know. number. I think I all, so far, I feel like all these have been solid numbers. Well, they just, a, the game didn't play out. Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I can look it up here on the, the four. What was the over under for the game in Vegas? I don't know. Oh, the total points? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Low That's what 50s? I'm saying. I bet it was more than 31. Well, I'm just saying. So, like, you know, the deuce span kickoff yards, that was a good one. 55% were on one side, 45 on the other. Like, touches for Lawrence Tofili, 88% of people took the over. Oh, okay. All right. Well, he only had eight carries. I didn't remember. And I don't remember I any don't. of them, but the fumble and then the one he had down to the one yard line. Yeah, I don't either. Team sacks, 70% said the over. Well, I got that. That was a good one then. Because it, it was under, right? Correct. Jordan Travis passing yards, 72% took the over. Okay. Halftime spread, 77% took the over. All right. And then the last one, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, combined receiving yards, 122 and a half. 74% of the people took the over. So I feel like if we're Vegas, we're making money. <laughs> And I think we would have made a boatload of money. We had 338 responders, uh, responses rather, and I think only three perfect um, tallies, uh, mm. quizzes, or whatever. And then Cub Knoll went prices right and got uh, the, the tiebreaker was longest play for Pitt. And uh, he put 36. I think somebody else had 30. The other one had 32. Nobody had 80? No. Shout out oh. to whoever put in Braden Fisk 99 yard. A fumble return, which is mm. not the question. Also, to the dozen people every week that apparently put the tiebreaker in the thread on the Warchant.com Tribal Council, I don't know why you're doing that. Everything is in that link I give you folks to submit your responses. But you tell them, Aslan. You um, tell them. Maybe next week, twenty-five dollar gift card to Garnet Gold up for grabs. Up for grabs over at mybookie.ag, cold hard cash, but it's yours. you got to put some in, and then hopefully you'll win some. Use the promo code WORCHANT for an instant cash deposit bonus. When you sign up for the first time over at mybookie.ag, promo code is WORCHANT. Use it and get that deposit bonus. Let's see here. Don't have it in front of me on the screen. Poor planning by your guy, Aslan. I think it's 54. Is that what I said yesterday? I think like 54 is the number right now for Florida State. Against Miami, and it's a 15-point spread. Um, thoughts on that one, Corey? But Thursday, obviously, our uh, rivalry resumes with us making our uh, our weekly picks. I kind of want to do more than two, but I guess mm. we'll, we'll stick with two um, as I get nervous as you, you close the gap. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm coming down. I'm hawking you down. Yeah. Are you asking me what I think of that spread? Yeah, or is there another game you want to, you want to kick around on, no, on no, this read of ours? Uh, yeah, man, I, you know, ask me tomorrow at practice. Mm. Oh, okay. I like that. Uh, what about Dion getting ten and a half at home against Arizona? Yeah, now that seems like I feel like that seems like a, a Colorado could win that game. Arizona is not that good. They're playing well. Um, I don't know that Arizona should ever be favored by ten and a half on the road, especially against a an offense that has very talented players. Not a talented offensive line, clearly, but some talented skill guys that can. They can bust 70 yards. And maybe they found something there late in that game. They scored back-to-back touchdowns to end that game, and then Dion inexplicably didn't onside kick it, and Oregon State ran out the clock. But what are you going to do? But, yeah, so I, I would take I would take Colorado getting points at home. Florida State, 14.5-point favor. The total is 50 points. If you got a, mm. a hunch, play it over at mybookie.ag. Promo code again is WARCHANT. 
On the way out, Corey, tonight, 7.30, the reveal of the college football playoff, uh, yeah. second part, whatever. We'll have a live show on our YouTube channel. Stay tuned for details on who will be hosting and talking and pontificating. Um, give me your top four, Corey. Uh, I would go Michigan, Georgia, Florida State, Ohio State. Mm. So, yes, that's that would be my four. I what, just don't – I have not been impressed with Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, that, do you think it's going to be the same four? Do you think it's going to be Yes, Ohio? I think it'll be the exact same setup. Hmm. So, Florida State. What is it now? I don't know, Is it man. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State? Yeah, I think maybe Georgia beating a ranked team. I know that still Ohio State has more nice resume wins because of the Notre Dame and Penn yeah, State brand. Yeah, big Notre Dame win. That's right. But maybe that Missouri win resonates with voters and they – bump the team that's won what 25 there are no voters aslan it's a committee one of the committee people it's a committee of robots uh, no no i i still think ohio state winning on the road at rutgers is about the same as winning at home against missouri and both teams what? Struggled, oh like. stop it really Corey? don't no, you don't believe i that. mean rutgers was six and two going into that game like they, they weren't two and six rutgers is going to a bowl um and they won at rutgers so Winning at home against Missouri when you had a you had a one score lead with five minutes left and Missouri had the ball. I, were you impressed by Georgia? Yeah, man. Without having Brock oh. Bowers, they're still scoring thirty whatever points against a pretty decent Missouri program. That's got yeah, you know pretty decent. There's you know there's that was a, that was a SEC East eliminator, man. That was a that was a real football game, um, and they got challenged and they they rose up. I don't even know who. Man, Missouri's seven and two now. Well, they lost on like a sixty-yard field goal. They won on a sixty-yard field goal. And they lost. Yeah, they, they won lost. on a sixty-yard field goal. They lost to LSU and they lost to Georgia. So their losses are good. I don't know that they have any uh, great wins, but yeah, man, Rutgers is, you know, six and three. I'm just so kidding. there. It's I. I would say if Rutgers and Missouri played, Missouri would be favored, but by, by like eight. Like it wouldn't be, especially if it's at Rutgers. I would expect Rutgers to beat Missouri at Rutgers. Uh, that guy's a good coach, man. I don't know. Shiano. He's a terrible NFL coach, yeah. but and he might be a t- terrible coach everywhere else. <laughs> but at Rutgers, he's got some. He's figured out the special sauce somehow that he can win in Piscataway, New Jersey. Yeah. But yeah, man, that was. I watched that game. Like Rutgers was uh, winning that game. Was kind of controlling that game. Yeah. And yeah, so I would say yeah, winning at home against Missouri, that's twelfth in the country. Sure, fine. But, you know, it's not that much better than winning on the road by a, by more points. I know the game played out differently, but by more points on the road, conference game against a bowl team that's probably going to finish with seven or eight wins. I feel like those are even enough that you wouldn't leapfrog a team that, that won on the road. Yeah. Their wins against Northwestern, Temple, Virginia Tech, Wagner, Michigan State, and Indiana. Okay. Rutgers. Virginia Tech, baby. They got them before drones, though. Yeah. <laughs> but you saw them. Like, did they look – I mean, they, they they looked pretty good against Ohio State. I didn't watch any they lose to? Who are their other two losses? At Wisconsin and then uh, Michigan, which was only 31-7. to Okay, man. I think Rutgers is pretty good, buddy. I think that's an eight-win team. That's a top 25-ish team, I should say, just like Missouri is. All right. I got you. That's all. Um, what do you think about the sportsmanship clause being exercised by the Big Ten, apparently, telling Jim – that they're noticing, they're putting him on notice that they're noticing him. Yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? It, it'll be fascinating because, look, man, this is – I don't remember a, a scandal like this kind of happening in real time where I think Michigan fans might legitimately be worried that they won't be eligible to play this year in the postseason. Hmm. I would be surprised if that happens because the NCAA never acts that fast. They never move that fast. Why would the Big Ten do that to themselves? and cost themselves that money and a chance of winning a national title. I don't think they want to do it. Um, So probably nothing will happen, but it is a crazy, um, it's just a crazy scandal that will continue to be talked about for weeks, months, I don't know, until Harbaugh leaves for the NFL. Oh, man. Uh, Little inside the beltway here. Um, Saw the statistics on the On3 network about who's leading the charge for having like the most subscribers have signed up in the last month. Oh, buddy. Well, I would assume it's got to be Michigan or Ohio State. It's by far and away Michigan. 
Yes. Which, I would think maybe Ohio people were joining Ohio State to get all the rumors and dirt about Michigan. Right. But yes, Michigan makes the most sense. That's what we need here. Well, I was saying like a horrible I, scandal. I think I think like the height of war chant was like 13. And it was always like, yeah, cuz you know, if we just win, man, like we we've got all the great talent here. We got you, we got Ira, we got Michael, yeah. we got Tom and Jeff and Gene, everybody, you know, Matt. Um it's like if this team can just start winning, it's going to we're going to go to the moon. And yeah. we're doing really good, everybody. Like, we're doing really yeah, good. Shout out are. to everybody for subscribing. We're the, the largest uh, site on the entire network. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think 13, it was like winning and then also the fear that, like, are we going to lose our quarterback? Because every single day there was some kind of developing soap operas, like, and you had yes. to know what was going on. So, I don't know. Jordan, has Mark Schleyball been – Has I don't know if Schleyball has been back in Tallahassee since. <laughs> I don't know if he's made a return appearance in 10 years. He was just down here for that. Uh, yeah, good good stuff. Washington uh, Post was here the other day, the other week. So oh, maybe, okay. Maybe there's All something right. maybe there's something cooking there. Well, let's hope not. Let's not talk this into existence. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, obviously Michigan fans, holy moly, I can't even imagine what those message boards. I should get on the, the When we're done, the, I'm going to get on those message boards. I, I mean, want to go th- read what's going on there. Again, man, like it's it's not apples to apples here, but you know, 13, it, it felt like forever since Florida State had a real shot at winning something. You're like, man, we finally have everything we need, and now it's going to get taken, not taken away from us, but something's going to happen where eligibility is going to be compromised. This sucks. I am so mad. It has got to be almost tenfold for Michigan because it's been even longer since they have been nationally relevant. And well, I would say the difference, though, is is what, what, what Jameis had been accused of had no bearing on – Football strategy. I know, but or, it, it had his availability in question. No, though. sure, a little bit. I don't. I don't think any. Well, yes, I guess if he would have been arrested, yes. Um, but I'm talking about like I think the difference is obviously completely different scenarios and seriousness of allegations. Obviously, that goes without saying. We're all adults here, but we're not. None of us are a hundred percent convinced, right? That Michigan is really as good as they've looked. So. A Michigan fan might be like, oh, God, we really have this chance to do something special. Well, maybe the only reason you think you have a national championship team is because the thing you're accused of doing. You know what I'm saying? Like Florida State had a national championship caliber team, and the thing that was hanging over that team's head had nothing to do with schematic advantages. Yeah, Yeah. It was something that had happened a year and a half ago that had obviously not in the spotlight of the college football season this is nuts and they they can complain all they want but literally they went from a team that was pretty good to a team that is unbeatable and destroying everyone i'm looking at the fei ratings right now they're number two in the country in offensive efficiency and number one in defensive efficiency (laughs) and that came where'd that come from he says they've got 20 guys are going to play in the nfl next year yeah well, let's. I wonder. How, yeah, maybe. I mean, that maybe they matter. always seem to know where the other play, what the other teams are calling. And did I say this last week that TCU found out about this rumor before they played Michigan? I, I don't know if you mentioned on the show, but I think you might have talked about it in person. Yeah, that the, uh, there was. I can't remember who wrote it. Who wrote the story? But the TC coaches said to someone that they they had heard whispers that Michigan did this, so they compl- they came up with dummy calls. They they did the same things they had been doing, but they meant something else in the game against Michigan. And if you remember how that game played out, TCU uh, put up I don't know forty points, something like that. Had a pick six. Yeah, they they well they won the game, only to get destroyed by Georgia. Uh, by the way, the, the Washington Post story apparently I think was uh, it was supposed to be like Jordan coming of age and like having an older brother that was like a legend on campus as well. But apparently, I think the story really just turned into like ninety percent Devin Travis, like ten percent Jordan Travis. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, hey, I can live with that, buddy. Yeah, I all, love Dev. I love me some Devin. All is well. All is well, everybody. Um, subscribe though, everybody. In the meantime, fifty percent off. Um, we don't get a bonus or anything, but just want you guys to be here for the ride, everybody. It's going to be mm. fun. Again, seven thirty live show, uh, reveal, playoff reaction, fun stuff. Seminal headlines before that, one to three o'clock. Before that, though, practice. Mm. Practice. Important practices. 
interviews, footage, observations, all over yeah. Warchant.com, as well as our YouTube channel, Warchant TV. Yeah, go check that practice footage, right, Aslan? Mm. I know those will get the views that you would like sometimes. I feel like they'll get some views this week. Mm. So go go throw that practice footage up there. Go watch. The, go click on that on our YouTube channel today after you, you're done listening to this. There's something else I want to get to about Michigan, but probably All right, well, my soon. computer's about to die, so I apologize yeah. if I'm not here anymore. All right. We're done, everybody. Oh, okay, we're done. What there a... What an unceremonious! What an igno. What did Mark Jones say? Ignominious. Ignominious. That's not the word. I well, I swear. Anyway, yes, yes. What a what a unceremonious ending to this show. Let me see here. Ignominious. Ignominious. That's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah. Deserving. Play, can you play it at the end of the at the end of the show? It's it's on YouTube. His actual thing. Deserving or causing public disgrace or shame. Yeah. All right. There you go, it's man. crazy that he would have said that. Yeah. We'll talk more about Miami on tomorrow's show. Thanks for being here, everybody. He's Corey M. Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Board Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. My rule, in order for the quarterback to spike the ball, there has to be three seconds on the clock. There were two. Therefore, the ball game is over. Oh, my Lord. What an inglorious ending for the Hurricanes.